Live from the Tech Talk studios hey. in the nation's capital and the heartland of America. It's Tech Talk. This is Tech Talk. I'm Brad Cost with my co-host, Dr. Jay Greenstein. Jay, changed up there a little bit, but I hope your day's going better now. <laughs> well, we finally figured out how to get me into this podcast, so that's good. Well, Jay, you are the tech guy, you know? We've, uh, I'm glad we could solve this problem. Yep. And, and look, look, Listen, Brad, look, see what I got here for you? You've got the Eskimo joke out, bud. We are converting you fully to a cowboy. There's no question. And, and Kendra's in the other room, I'm sure, pumping her fist, you know, <laughs> that you're, you're, uh, you're becoming an Oklahoma State cowboy. Yeah, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm rooting for your boys, but I'm not rooting for mine. So there you go. I, I understand. I understand. Well, listen, we've got a great guest today. Uh, I've been doing a little study and talking with him a little bit uh, out of studio. And why don't you introduce Dr. Friedman and let's get started with the podcast, Jay. Yeah, it's my pleasure. So I'm so happy to introduce Dr. Greg Friedman, a very, very well-known thought leader in chiropractic. Um, just a great guy, uh, a documentation expert, also the owner of a software company. And he's going to tell us all about the services that he provides to make chiropractic even greater. So Greg, welcome, my friend. It's good to see you. Thank you, Jay. You too. So I first remember when we met, it was in Alaska. And actually, Brad was at that conference too. But we went to dinner. It was like one of our last nights and we had a blast and, and we remained connected. And I've seen all the stuff, you know, that you share online, your wisdom and your rants, which your rants are just super fun to listen to and, 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 and you know, read. But Greg, tell the audience a little bit about your background, how you got into chiropractic and how you started these two companies that serve the profession. Sure, Jake. So this is my 35th year in practice as a chiropractor. And I still see patients just a few hours a week, just a few couple mornings, a few hours. But I'm a second generation chiropractor. So my father was a chiropractor for about 60 years. Wow. And so my whole life has been in and around chiropractic. In fact, I, I do a lot of stuff with Parker. And I always joke that I was going to Parker seminars as a kid when, with my parents. So it's, it's really been quite the quite the ride with that so about 20 or so years ago uh, you know people ask me how did you start talking about about documentation it it's got to be the worst possible subject in the history of all subjects it is dry it is boring it is just painful and and it came about as a result of uh, my own practice it was back in the 90s I've been playing with, I come from the era of when we all used travel cards, simply because there were no computers yet. Right. <laughs> and that's, that's embarrassing to say. I mean, I remember I, 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 I got my undergrad degree in business and in, in one of my business classes, I think it was about 1982, the professor looked at all of us and he said, he said, mark my words, one day, you will all be able to own your own computer. And we're like, ah, hell no, there's no way. <laughs> and he said, and it'll be, it'll be 64K of memory. We're like, no way. Not gonna. And he says, and you'll be able to buy one for, for $15,000. Well, like, that's impossible. So I remember that. And, and it took a few years for that to happen. So when I started practicing, it was all 
travel card and travel pieces of paper and and we could scribble whatever nonsense we wanted. And you know what? It was okay because nobody cared. Like literally nobody cared. Nobody ever asked to see our records, not for Medicare, not for personal injury, not for anything. In fact, back then for personal injury, we used to just send our bill and the bill would get paid, like all of it got paid. And then it's like one day it seemed over, like I get, I get a letter from an insurance company on a PI case. And the insurance company said, please send us your records. So I called the adjuster and I said, what records are you talking about? <laughs> and she said, she said, you know, the stuff that you write down every visit. I said, oh, well, I mean, I could send that to you, but I wrote them and I don't think I can read my own handwriting. I, I don't know that you're going to be able to read them. And she laughed and said, that's okay. Go ahead and send them anyway. And I said, well, what are you looking for? These records of mine that you won't be able to read. And she said, we're looking to see if you established medical necessity. Now, those words are really important because they didn't exist back then. We, we never heard of it. And in fact, back in the early 90s, there were insurance policies that covered chiropractic for, are you ready? Unlimited visits. It actually said in the policy, unlimited visits. So we would have new patients and patients would pay maybe 10 bucks a visit copay and they could come and we would treat them forever. And that was okay. And then it changed and it changed to unlimited visits based on medical necessity. And I remember the wording changed and we looked at each other and said, do you know what that means? And nobody had an idea what that meant. So now I'm on the phone with an adjuster and I said, what does that mean exactly? And she said, well, I don't know. <laughs> I said, but if you don't know what it is, how do you know, how do you know if I did it or not? <laughs> right? And she said, oh, I'll know it when I see it. And I thought, okay, we're screwed. And I figured I better learn this because if this is a trend in chiropractic, I'm in deep trouble. And I was not thinking about anybody else. It was all about me. And I figured it would take me about two weeks to dive into this. It took me three years of absolute agony. It was awful. Three, imagine a three-year documentation seminar. That, that's what it was like. And I quickly learned that I was going to learn nothing from talking with chiropractors about it. They were totally clueless. So I went to the medical side and I started reading medical books, medical journals. I went to medical seminars. I spoke with medical office administrators, hospital administrators. And, it took, and after three years, I looked at my notes and I, and I said, Oh, I see what's going on. And then I made changes in my own practice based on what I learned. And I realized, oh, this changes everything. And I, I told somebody about it, a colleague, and he told somebody else about it. And so my story went viral back then before we had computers or internet. In fact, do you remember uh, Greg Stanley, Whitehall Management? Yeah. So Greg interviewed me one time and I was in his studio and it was a reel-to-reel -reel tape, tape recorder and he produced it on cassette tapes. And I was telling the story at a seminar, a live seminar one time, and a chiropractor said, you know, and he holds up the cassette tape. I have the cassette tape. <laughs> <laughs> That's how far back this goes. But the story hasn't changed all that much. And then I started getting requests to speak at things and I've always been, I've, I've been speaking for years 
uh, on different things. And I never really, I wanted to do speak something in chiropractic, but I didn't know what. And then this just kind of happened. And I thought, oh, God, this is the worst possible subject. But I figured, well, I've got to make it enjoyable or entertaining as much as I can. And that's, that's what I've done over the years. So I try to infuse stories and movie clips and music clips and whatever I can in these things. And, and I have fun with it, but it's, uh, it could be brutal. And, you know, Brad and I, we were talking before we started recording that it's, it's not easy to get chiropractors, especially those from my generation who remember the travel card days. Yeah. And, and I mean, I was able to be at the forefront of it. I've been playing with different software programs since floppy disks. Remember that? Yeah. And uh, but a lot of these chiropractors have been so reluctant, and I understand their reluctance, uh, and they're still documenting or trying to do this, the, the scribbled nonsense on a piece of paper, travel card. And now I consult with insurance companies, and I, cons- and I audit, and I review, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is, this is worse than we thought it was. And it's been really affecting the progress of the profession. I mean, now we've got this Medicare bill making its very slow walk through Congress that if it passes, chiropractors will get paid for everything that we do, not just the adjustment, which would be glorious. But when people ask me, well, Greg, how do you feel about that? I'm like, well, on the one hand, I'm excited, but on the other hand, I'm very nervous about it because the one thing that Congress looks at from us that that has really been halting our progress has been our documentation. We don't just suck at it. We suck five times worse than everyone else in healthcare at it. And whenever they tell us exactly what to do, and they are very specific, do this. It's like the whole profession just looks and says, yeah, I don't want to do that. So, Greg, it's like that we we've made it. progress. I mean, I've talked to some other folks in the documentation space and, and people who work with the, um, the what is it, the CACs. Um, and, and it seems like we have made progress. And also... I remember several years back when they released um, the results of our audit, they had audited like, and this could be an urban legend, so correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is that they audited like 11 11 doctors and they extrapolated the amount of money that was owed back from the profession because, um, you know, they they took 11 doctors and basically said, well, 80% of the documentation sucks. That means everybody's documentation sucks, not just these 11 doctors. So maybe you could shed some light on that. So I don't know how many they'll do, but that's how Medicare does audits, by the way. So they, they'll ask for three. I was involved in a Medicare audit for another doctor a few years ago, and they asked for three years of records. And they looked at the three years of records and the claims, and they said there was an overpayment of about $7,000. But from that, they calculate what's called a failure percentage. What's the rate of failure? And, they, and then they look at seven years of claims. They don't, they don't want to look at seven years of records. They just get your failure rate from three years. Then they looked at seven years. How much money have we paid you in seven years? And then multiply that by your failure rate from the three years, and that's how they extrapolate. And it's, it's awful. And, and I thought, I thought like, I'm like, come on, we're not. We're all not that bad until I started reviewing chiropractic records. And I started reviewing, and I'm telling you, 99% of them are not just awful, they're whatever adjective I can use that's worse than awful. We, we have no concept of, of what we need to document or how to bill 
properly. It, it's it's crazy. And then chiropractors get mad at me. And I'm like, no, just do, really just do this, and you'll be fine. It's really easy. You know, there's only there's really only one set of rules. There are some people that that talk and they say, well, you know, I'm a cash practice. I'm like. I don't ever want to hear you say that again because the worst cases I've ever been involved with, whether it was malpractice or state board issues, were cash practices because they had that. I don't have to document. I'm a cash practice. I'm like, who, who told you yeah. this? Or, or personal injury. Oh, I got a document different for personal injury. No, you don't. But you, you don't. It's just, it's just one, it's document properly. You need to document this way and it'll work for everyone. And that's the key. So it just, and the great thing is the rules really haven't changed much over the last number of years. It's pretty similar. So, yes, even though they may have used a small sample size, um, based on my experience, it, it might have been worse. <laughs> and I think we have made some steps. And I'm, and I'm not making excuses for the Kairos out there that are just not doing the work well. Um, but is there a selection bias, too? Because you're automatically going to see the charts that the insurance company is saying, hey, there's some red, red flags here. There's some data that's telling us maybe this person's not documenting or coding the right way. So are you, is there a selection bias as well? Um, not in my case. In my case, I've been consulting with an insurance company for a few years, and it's all personal injury. And they told me, we send you all the personal injury records. We don't have, in fact, they've been working on creating their own software program to determine those red flags that they can decide which ones to send me. And they want to have a help with it. And I thought, I thought to myself, well, that's going to be pretty easy. If the word chiropractor <laughs> is in their notes, send it to me. And, <laughs> but the, I mean, the reality is I see very few records and I have, a, I have doctors that will, that will have me look at their records proactively, which is great. I had one doctor who, uh, she had an associate doctor and she got concerned when she looked at the associate's notes one time and thought, well, I don't think this is right. So she actually had me look at the associate. I'm like, oh, my God. I said, this is, this is so bad. If you're, and this was Medicare. I said, if you're audited, I hope you've saved all the money that they've paid you for because you're paying a lot of this stuff back. This is terrible. The, and, and again, the tragedy is it's really, really easy to do it right. It's just there's that reluctance to, to. You know, Jay, we've had conversations with other guests about this before, you know, and, and uh, I've sitting here listening to him and he's making a lot of sense. I was telling him off air, you know, 17 years ago when some of the state executives said, Brad, what kind of classes do we need to teach from your perspective? And I said, documentation, documentation, documentation. And this was back when it was even worse. Uh, just because it's the language of communication between insurance companies, defendable kind of situations, and for the patient. And it, it shouldn't be that difficult, but you can't have your own chiropractic language, own MD world uh, language. They're really the same thing whenever you do it correctly, as Dr. Friedman has pointed out. Listen, I've got some more questions I want to ask you, but we need to take a quick break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Tech Talk. I'm Brad Cost. My co-host, the one and only, the Data Doctor Talk, Dr. Jay Greenstein. Our guest today is Dr. Greg Freeman. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. back. 
And now to a tragic news story. We just learned that a chiropractor recently called his EHR company for help after being forced into yet another platform transition. And the wait times were so egregious, the doctor died while on hold. Our sources tell us he was put on hold for over 176 hours. Apparently, the staff had left early to take advantage of all the extra fees they charge. Ever wonder where all those nickels and dimes go? Don't let this happen to you. PayDC offers its all-inclusive software for one low monthly fee, backed by a team that both respects and empowers chiropractors and their staff. Sign up for a free software demo below and see how Rebels do EHR. Stop. Follow. 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 Hit that follow button and spread the love with Tech Talk. Hey everybody, this is Dr. Jay Greenstein. This is Jay Greenstein. With me today is Dr. Jay Greenstein. And Dr. Jay Greenstein. The world around us and healthcare specifically is changing at an exponential pace. Chiropractic is perfectly positioned like we have never been right now today to be more successful and to be more impactful for the communities and patients that we serve. There are all sorts of evidence-based guidelines that, that support the use of non-pharmacological approaches. But what I want America to know is that health doesn't come from a pill. It's our responsibility as healthcare providers to educate the community about the evidence that exists. We really need to have a private practice app, something that will help us engage with our patients in ways that they've never experienced before. The intersection of technology and quality care is where the future of healthcare is at, and I'm really excited to bring that forward in the future. Starting your weekend outright with the data jocks of talk. It's TikTok. Welcome back. It's TikTok. We have a great guest today, Dr. Greg Freeman of Got Documentation and Cairo. What is it? Cairo, a bulletproof Cairo uh, software. And Dr. Freeman, you were making just amazing sense with the documentation um, comments that you were making before we went to break and and really things that I've touched on and talked about throughout the 20 years of life that I've been involved in the chiropractic space also. And, and I see that we've made progress. There is no question. Software has helped that to, to some extent. Uh, all the educational seminars that go on today have helped that to some extent. But now I think we get into scenarios that we've got this sort of broken up template kind of documentation that's going on where you've where you got documentation just the least amount that I can write or the type that's the legal template that is you know if you get audited here's what needs to be said on on here and a lot of times it's a template where they're just replacing names uh in documentation and the other is hey this is what's best for the patient this is their care plan this is this is what we're doing this is how we need to do it this is how long it needs to go on that no surprise that kind of mentality so let me just ask you up front from your perspective what is the correct approach when we talk about documentation and documenting correctly to satisfy all of these scenarios that's a great question brad and the answer is simple first we've got to look at who creates the rules and i always tell doctors on my seminars 
I'm not sitting in my basement somewhere making up this crap just to make your life miserable. This is, <laughs> I'm just the messenger here. So who actually creates the rules for documentation and also billing and coding? One organization. You ready? Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. They're the feds. And then doctors say to me, oh, well, I don't see a lot of Medicare patients. I don't care. It's, this applies to all of your patients, not just Medicare patients. Plus, every insurance company now is following the same Medicare requirements. And state boards are also following the Medicare requirements, which actually makes my life a whole lot easier. It really does. So I tell doctors, you want to know how to do this? Learn how to document for Medicare and you'll know how to document for everyone. I use the same format for my cash paying patients. I use the same format for my Blue Cross and Aetna patients and I use the same format for personal injury. It, it, it doesn't change. It's the same thing. And you want to know the number one thing that's missing from practice from most chiropractic records that I review, the number one thing that's missing, the improvement. And that's crazy because chiropractic gets phenomenal outcomes, phenomenal outcomes. Our problem is we suck at showing it. <laughs> and it would be worse if we got bad outcomes and then we had to show how bad they were. In fact, that's what happened in the medical profession. A few years ago, a study came out and it looked at all medical interventions and they said that about 48% of all medical interventions, and that included prescription drugs and surgical procedures and all, about 48% showed positive outcomes. And I, I looked at it and I'm like, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine having to show those bad outcomes? Now for us, this works perfectly into our, my evil little plan because we, I know we get great outcomes. We just have to learn how to show it in the right format and then the whole world can open up. And this is where I tell doctors, I'm like, we do this right, and I'm telling you, we could change the world. I'm convinced of it, we can change the world. So um, I'm super curious. Um, first of all, you said something earlier, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a statement and I'm gonna ask a question. The first thing I wanna say is, for those of you that missed it, you know, Greg said, doctors do voluntary audits. And I highly recommend that you reach out to Greg or if you've got somebody that you've already used and you like them and they're reliable and have a good reputation, use them. But like do voluntary audits. Brad, you've heard me talk about this a billion times because we do it every quarter. In fact, today, literally, we're pulling files to send to our auditor to take a look at our, our documentation and our coding. It is so worth it to make sure that your documentation and your coding is on point. So I just want to emphasize that. So send your stuff to Greg, especially if you don't have anybody, send it to Greg, okay? That's first. Um, second, I'm really curious to know about your two companies because, you know, Brad and I, and you obviously, we're entrepreneurs, right? We love talking about business and especially as it relates to creating impact through chiropractic. So do me a favor, share with us and the audience your two companies, what they do, how they create impact. We'd love to hear that. Okay, so the first one is Got Doc Seminars, and that's my seminar company that I've been teaching. I was teaching seminars before COVID, about you know, between twenty-four and thirty seminars a year all over the country. So I was traveling between eighty-five and hundred thousand miles a year. And let me just let me just reminisce for a moment. So back in those days, I had a very high status with the airline and. 
I would be upgraded to first class most of the time. And, and I would sit in first class and they would refresh. My, I would only have one glass of wine, but they just kept refilling it all the But I only had one glass. And I had warm nuts served to me and a dinner now and then. And it was. Hey, this is a G rated podcast, bro. Don't talk about It was warm lovely. <laughs> it, was, it was a wonderful time. <laughs> now, since COVID, fortunately, I was able to shift to online webinars. So I do about two live webinars a month. And plus I have a few recorded on several different platforms. But the problem is I lost my status. So like we flew recently to DC, like a week. And you know, my wife said, you know, where are you on the upgrade list? I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm so far behind. There's no chance of me. I'm a nobody now. So I walk, I walk through first class and I give everyone the stink eye <laughs> because they're in my seat and, and I'm embarrassed. You know, what if people see me? What if they recognize, what are you doing? Oh, it's terrible. So anyway, <laughs> that was, so that's my seminar and my webinar company that I do. So I still do, I do about two webinars, live ones a month. And then I have recorded webinars that I do all over the place. So there's that. And then the other Here one Greg, what's is the website for that. So people can tune in. That is gotdocumentation.com. Right. So G O T like tango documentation.com. Cool. The other one is a software company. And this came as a result of, again, I've been trying various softwares since the nineties, since literally floppy disks. And I, I remember, you know, I remember the original DOS based programs. I remember when Microsoft came out with windows and we had windows based and I, I, I hated them all. I just hated them all. I'm, I'm very interested in efficiency in addition to documentation. So if, 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 if a program helps me document very, very well, but it's not efficient and it takes too long, I'm not going to do it. I, and, and that's how most people are like, uh, yeah, I get that. It's really good, but eh, it takes too long. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. So I, I need to find a balance between efficiency and what do we need to do? So, I, I had used Cairo Touch for a number of years, and I, I was then in the early days of Cairo. I probably shouldn't mention brand names of that, but I was in the early days, and, I, and I, I knew one of the owners, I knew the programmer, and I remember when I first got it, they had these macros in there, but they were static. They were just, here are the macros. And I told the program, I said, look, here's the deal. You're great at programming, and I don't know programming. I'm great at documentation and you're not. So let me in, let me into the program and see if I could change something. So he let me in and I was able to make the macros a little better, but I wasn't all that thrilled with it because I still had to copy and paste and the efficiency wasn't, it was just, it just wasn't very good. And then over the years, ChiroTouch would, there we go again, sorry. A company would, they would come to me and a new, a new CEO and it had been sold a few times and the new CEO would come to me and say, can you help us create? And, and, and I spent like a year at it. And I, I finally said, I, I, I can't do it. I won't do it because of the way that it's programmed, it's not right. And you're not getting the right data from it. And it's, it was a mess. So I get, and then I decided, I said, well, what if I created my own? What if I, I said, if I, if I know how to do this, Let's reverse engineer the process. Let's know, let, let's know the rules of documentation. Let's know the rules of engagement first and then design something that actually fits it and make it such that it's efficient and it can work like that. So I hired a programmer 
And uh, for those of you who have kids who are in high school and looking to college and they don't know what they want to go into, programming is a very good field. <laughs> that, that's an expensive proposition. But I hired a programmer and I asked my programmer, a very good, I said to my programmer, all right, I don't know coding. How do I communicate to you what I want? And my programmer said, programming is two things, numbers and logic. So if you could get whatever's in your mind in terms of numbers and logic, it could be coded. And I thought, huh, okay, that's interesting because some of the rules of engagement for documentation are very metric based. They're very quantitatively based. These are not recommendations. They are absolute requirements. So I thought, well, let's start with that. And then we started adding to it. And then it took about a year and a half to get all the programming done and then updates and all. Now we're at a point where I, I look at this, I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> what have I done here? So at, at, whether it's a Medicare, again, it doesn't matter to me. I document the same format for everybody, whether it's Medicare, cash, PI, whatever. And it's so easy and it's so data driven. But I don't want people to think that data is more important necessarily than you, the doctor, and your experience and all that. There, there's, a, there's a balance that has to happen in there. You know, like some, some doctors get really freaked out when they, they see a set of guidelines. There was a lot of controversy behind something called Choosing Wisely campaign yep. on x-rays and, oh my gosh, chiropractors. When I'm, and I said, look, relax. The, 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 the concept behind that is if, if I have an intuition about a patient, if I just have a feeling that something isn't right, I'm going to get x-rays on them. I don't care about the guidelines like that. What those guidelines were, act, were what they were really saying, and nobody wanted to say it out loud, was for chiropractors, um, we don't want you using x-rays to determine where to adjust. That's what they were saying. And, and even that comes with controversy because then you get all these doctors that do certain techniques that really rely on that. And I'm like, I, I get it. I understand. I understand. But the whole thing here was metrically based. So it made it easier for me to communicate with the programmer. Like, okay, I want these numbers. I want these calculations. I want this data. I want it to be so that it, it absolutely not just satisfies, but exceeds the requirements that the federal government is giving us. And it's done mostly seamlessly. And I want, the, I want the technology to do much of the work for me so that it's an efficient way to do things. So that's where it'll come up with. So that's bulletproof. Cool. I know we need to break. That's right, great. Brad, that's we, great. we gotta come back. We do need to take a break. We're a couple of minutes over, but it, it was a great conversation. I didn't want to interrupt to it, but uh, a great, great way to look at that. Uh, that's how we approach some of our programmer. We have 18 programmers on staff. Uh, for data scientists that's really been an eye-opener is having the data scientists on staff that look at everything from an analytical perspective uh, it's helped me open my eyes in many many different ways but we're going to come back and finish the conversation i'm brad cost dr jake greenstein and our guest dr greg freeman we'll be right back spreading the love you're listening to the text slot it's TikTok. Welcome to Infinity. We have worked hard to create an electronic claims website that is simple and user-friendly. This is the public side. You can log into your personal web portal here. 
this is your dashboard. You can personalize it to your liking here. Our main focus has been to allow you to submit and edit claims as easy as possible. You will find our claims editor and claims processing is simple to use and straightforward. Our quick action bar is where you can find your most important information. Most of these icons will take you directly to the claims the number represents. You can easily view if you have any messages in your inbox of any unread alerts by looking for these blue numbers. To view the rest of our training videos to get the most of your Infinity experience, click this icon. We hope you find this web portal simple and easy to use. Thanks for letting us serve you. With the hot data jocks of talk, Ooh. it's Tech Talk. So we all feel it. Rent or dining out, gasoline or movies. As a matter of fact, the dollar is not going as far for a whole host of reasons. And it's impacting everybody regardless of your financial situation. Did you know that 38% of the overall population is having to reconsider how they're spending their money just to afford the healthcare they need? And if you break it down further, 26% have actually delayed the healthcare that they need, including going to see you, the chiropractor. So here's what we need to know about the breakdown in demographics. You would think that someone who's making $120,000 or more would be continuing their care right now. But the actual number is 18%. 18% of that group is actually putting off healthcare. And that's a group of people making six figures. When you take that same information all the way down to a group making 40,000, that number is much higher. It's closer to 40%. So it's never been more important than now to make sure you've made it easy for your patients to come see you, that you have choices for them, and you understand what they're going through at home. We want to make sure your practice thrives during this time, and we encourage you to learn about what Cairo Health USA can do for you and your practice and making it easy for patients to see you and continue care. to the future of healthcare with the data jocks of talk it's tech talk what's up everybody it's dr j here i'm with my very good friend mr brad cost and another great friend dr greg friedman greg it is so great to have you here you've been dropping these knowledge bombs the entire time um, i'm going to switch gears a little bit and i, I want to talk a bit about the idea around standardization. So we have, you know, best practices, right? We've got clinical practice guidelines. We've got best practice guidelines. We've got um, a, a, a significant portion now of our profession who is quote unquote, I'm using kind of bunny ears here, evidence-based or evidence-informed. And I, I tend to think a bit differently. I think we have to use the evidence in order to get great outcomes. Uh, but I also think there needs to be diversity of thought. You mentioned earlier about certain chiropractors use x-rays to help treat their patients. And I haven't seen any data that suggests that these doctors who use x-rays to adjust their patients get better outcomes. I also have not seen evidence that suggests that when patients don't get x-rays by their chiropractor, that they get better outcomes. And so one of my concerns around our profession is this idea that everybody 
should be funneled into a particular line of thinking. And I'm annoyed by that. Like I'm extremely annoyed by that because all of a sudden one group or another, maybe when we were growing up, it was a philosophical group. And now, you know, now we're, you know, you know, veteran question and it's the evidence-based group. It's like they, everybody knows everything there is to know. We can't have any diversity of thought in our profession anymore. We can't talk about chiropractic and how it helps kids with asthma or ADHD or otitis media. And yeah, we know there's not a lot of evidence. Um, and if you look at some of the um, systematic reviews, it, it's, 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 not, it, it's uh, inconclusive in usually a favorable direction. So it's not unsafe. Like, what the fuck? Can people just lighten up a little bit and just think with more of an open mind? So that's my little, you know, Greg Friedman rant. I would love to know your thoughts about what I just said. Well, just just because you said the you dropped the f bomb, I feel liberated now that because I've been holding back. Yeah, don't hold that. back. We should have told you that in the back. very beginning. <laughs> so I'm taking the, it, the shackles right, come off. So. I, it, Jay, I love the fact that you used the word standardization because I've been using that word for years. And to be honest with you, when we use the word standardization with a room full of chiropractors, there's an immediate, oh, hold on a second. They're like, you're not going to tell me what I can and cannot do with my patient. And I tell them, I, I, I don't care really what you do or do not do with your patient. I, I, all I'm looking for is, is your patient improving? And you've got to show me in, in these ways. That's it, that, right? So, yeah, so the, the x-ray crowd, they may insist that they get better outcomes, and, and I'll say, well, is there evidence for that? And then the other group, well, we don't do, and we get, is there evidence of that? So when we, like, I, I'm in one of the social media groups I'm in on Facebook is the evidence-based chiropractors, and that's a fascinating group. I mean, it's international, and we get in some arguments with that, and, the, uh, I'm like, look, evidence, we have to remind people, evidence-based is a three-legged stool. It's clinical research, it is the doctor's experience, and it is the patient expectations. All three of those are involved. I said, if we, if we had to wait until there was clinical research on anything that we did before doing it, we would literally get nowhere. We would have nothing. So I tell these doctors that the way healthcare is, evidence-based is really a small part of it. The bigger part is outcomes-based. In fact, I want chiropractors to innovate. Do you remember, I mean, back years ago, we were getting all these new techniques popping up. I mean, I was talking to Arlen Forer not too long ago, and he was telling me, I was asking him about the history of activated, how they, how they come up with that kind of stuff. And it was fascinating. When was the last time you heard of a new chiropractic technique come up? I mean, it's been... Decades, like the last rage was like kinesiology tape, right? Like that was like, maybe right? it's now cupping and dry needling, but it's just, there is not a lot of innovation. Right. So I tell these doctors, I want you to innovate. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to come up with something and then try it on a patient. And if you get an, a good outcome, but it has to be measurable. It can't be the patient saying, oh, that felt better. We don't have time for that. It has to be measurable and using certain standardized outcome tools for that. It's got to be standardized, not some shit that you made up one day. Standard. This is the way we can help with research. We get You get good outcomes. Now I want you to try to duplicate that. Can you get those same outcomes on a group of patients? And if you can, then I want you to call some of your buddies from chiropractic school, some of your colleagues in your, in your town, 
and, and, t- and say to them, hey, I might be on to something here. If I show you what I did, exactly what I did, could you try this on your patients and, and see what kind of measurable outcomes you get? And if you could get more chiropractors doing that with measurable outcomes, you let me know and I'll contact the fucking researchers right now and we'll get some data going on there because every time I talk to our researchers at the chiropractic schools, they're like, Greg, we need data. We need data. We need data. And then when I tell them what it is that I'm teaching and how that we can capture certain data points for patients, they look at me like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what we need. The more we have of that, we can take that and now do our thing as researchers. And that's, that's the critical, and again, because we know that chiropractors get great outcomes. And to be honest, I, I, I saw something come in, another group that I'm in on Facebook, a lot of the younger doctors especially are really into rehab, which is great. I'm, I'm, I mean, I've been doing rehab stuff on patients for decades now. It's just that in my state, to be perfectly transparent, in my state, insurance reimbursement sucks and we just don't get paid for that yeah and i'm sorry but from a, my business mind i'm not going to spend x amount of time for on a patient doing something for which i'm not getting reimbursed when i can easily show them in two minutes what to do at home give them a youtube video to watch and they can do that at home and they can get the benefit there i don't have to do it in office and i get an arguments with people saying, well, if you're not doing that in your own, I'm like, are you insane? Or they say, well, if you're not doing muscle work, I'm like, why can't I send them to a massage therapist? And they get, what do I have to do muscle work for? I do my thing, let me do that, but I'll show you my outcomes. My outcomes are actually evident and quantitative and functional are yours. And that's really where we need to go yeah, with this. Agreed. Okay, let me, let, me, let me dive into the swimming pool here, okay? Because I'm, I'm a technology, not a Cairo guy, and I've spent the last four years of my life trying to grab data from EMR systems for analytical, for research purposes, for the things that we're doing in the Cairo Consortium, tr- trying to do that. Dr. Freeman, how, how do we take that many variables of, of outcomes? And they, they may be, and again, I'm playing the devil's advocate here just a little bit. And they may be great or some of them bad outcomes, but how do we get them into a standardized quantitative state that we can pull from an EMR or software system so that we can spread that news or we can compare those to other research functions that's happening? And that's yeah. the little bit of disconnect for me of how do you do that? First, we have to define which metrics. And let's be honest, if there's too many metrics to cover, we're just not going to do it. (laughs) That's just how we roll. The fortunate thing is there are only three primary metrics that we're looking at. And what I'm telling you right now are requirements from CMS, from Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, not my recommendations, requirements. And this should, this is required for all of our, for all of our active patients. It's not the same for the maintenance or wellness patients, but it is the same for the active patients, the ones who come in as a new patient and you have a treatment plan and you have goals and things like that. Now, the, okay, so what are the three metrics? According to Medicare, number one, assess pain. They want us to assess pain on every visit for each condition that we're treating and they want it quantitative. 
right? They say you could use a visual analog scale, the verbal numeric rating scale, the, pay, the faces questionnaire, the pain, whatever. It's just we want a number. Every visit, each kid is training. The second thing is functional outcome questionnaire. It's required, but it's got to be a standardized questionnaire. So this is when doctors, every now and then a doctor who, who knows about it a little bit, they go, oh, like Oswestry. And I know people use Oswestry as a generic term, but I hate Oswestry. Like, I fucking hate Oswestry and I hate the neck disability index. And I tell doctors, stop using them. And they, they're like, what? Those are the standard. I'm like, fuck that, they're not. I said, they were designed 30 years ago and they were great 30 years ago because we didn't have anything else. And they were great for research and they were great to do you know, once every now and then on a patient. But there's 10 questions with six options each. That's 60 options the patient has to look through. And I'm telling you what happens is the patients, by the time they get to question number four, they're like, screw it, I'm out. And they don't even read the options. They just check out random boxes. And that's when we get bad data. That's not helping us. This is when I get doctors emailing me and they say, Greg, I, they're, they're telling me every visit how much better they're feeling. And then we do the new Oswestry or the NDI and they're worse by 20%. I'm like, quit using those. There's better questionnaires to use that are easier and faster. We've got to be aware of the patient's needs for that. It's got to be quick and easy. We get good data from that, and then we could take those numbers, those metrics, and I'm sure there's a way technology-wise where we can, we can keep those data points, those metrics, in a certain type of a... Okay, I'm just thinking out loud here, so I'm not a coder. But I'm thinking, Brad, I mean, there's got to be a way that we can keep track of those in a certain type of uh, file that we can now share this or somehow call that data. There's got to be. Oh, yeah, there's there's no question about that. And and I'm all for doing that. We've accomplished some of that already. Uh, And but the problem is uh, getting it where everybody's doing it, where it's standardized, where um, that's the key, where they're reporting it easily in an EMR or something associated with that. Uh, we're constrained with EMR, and then the other thing we run across, and we, we've been connecting with 16 different EMR systems. And, and the other issue that we run is doctors don't always populate the fields. I mean, you know, it's that laziness that kicks in for the big population, not the small, innovative kind of guys. And you can't drive the reimbursement world. You can't drive the research world off of the smaller group of doctors. You, You've got to have almost like this innovative pipeline where you're, everybody's doing it, everybody's collecting it, information and results are being shared. You know, to be perfectly honest, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to be perfectly honest, many of these software programs out there do nothing more than make your junk legible. I mean, absolutely. I would be the first to raise my hand and say, you're absolutely right about it. Even in the MD world, that that is happening. You know, they they follow a lot more structured kind of of guidelines and reporting kind of things. But even then, when it's structured like that, a lot of the times they're terrible. Especially in hospital settings, they are terrible about populating the data elements. And and that's really for us to get ahead. We've got to do that. One of the programs projects Jay and I are involved in the Car Consortium. Um, is really trying to look at a chiropractic large database, a a data lake that is collecting tons of variables outside of the reported EMR kind of variables 
And, and how do we do that in a way that we can collect these unusual, unique outcomes and then, then have that data lake for research to be able to dig into, dive into, and do the research off of it. So that's, that, man, that could be another whole podcast within itself of doing it. We're, and we're running out of time on today's podcast, Dr. Friedman. But I'm going to let Jay jump in real quick, see if he's got a last-minute question. And then I'd like for you to repeat, Dr. Friedman, those URLs where people can get hold of you, emails associated with that after, after Jay sure. asks his final yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. Let's get your email, Greg, and the URLs to your two companies. And then, um, and then we'll get you back, man. Well, let's keep this conversation going around technology and data. Great. All right. So URLs for my webinars and live event seminars, the URL is www.gotdocumentation.com. So G like George, O, T like Tango, documentation.com. And then for Bulletproof, it's www.thebulletproofchiro.com. So the word the, the, T-H-E, Bulletproof Cairo, C-H-I-R-O.com. And you can contact me through the websites, emails, and so on. Cool. That's right. That's great. Dr. Freeman, thank you for being with us today. It's been a very informative. We are going to have to have another podcast, Jay, on this to continue this conversation because yeah. I think this is very relevant to what is going on in technology today, big data analytics, and what you and I are trying to do. So thank you again for spending the last hour with us. You bet. From my co-host, Dr. Jay Greenstein, I'm Brad Cost. Have a good day. See y'all.